0: 411 Live. Where well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day.
1: Stay the world. 411 Live. Real people. Real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way.
0: For your girl. 411 Live. Some sources say human trafficking is the second leading crime worldwide. And it is everywhere. In Milwaukee... We're sometimes referred to as the hub of sex trafficking, but you can find it in every county of Wisconsin. Hello, I'm Beverly Taylor. Thank you for tuning in. This is the 411 Live Real People, Real Talk. We are embarking on a multi-part project dealing with different aspects of human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking, and also the healing from the trauma that it can cause its victims. Our goal is to bring more awareness to this subject. And of course, we want to also help continue the discussion, the conversation around the issue. Today's topic is sex trafficking and the criminal justice system. Now, I have a special guest here. Jennifer Williams, former sensitive crimes prosecutor for the Milwaukee County DA's office, specializing in sex trafficking. This woman is good. On her last day as a prosecutor, she got a guilty verdict in a child trafficking case. Congratulations on that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the introduction.
0: And thank you for your interest in this. This is an issue that is growing and... Awareness seems to be growing a little bit, but not to the magnitude that it needs to be. You have a passion for this issue, and you had a passion for these cases.
1: Tell me why. I don't remember exactly what drew me to it, but I was always very interested in prosecuting sex crimes because of the resilience Of the survivors. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about a sexual assault especially of children, and when I started, I started doing delinquencies. So in a very typical sense, it was very, very young child victims with older children within either their family or neighborhood constellation. So you'd have these really, really young children reporting sexual assaults for which they had zero context. They didn't realize the trauma it had caused them, the psychological or emotional damage, and they they would talk about it in very concrete terms. Mm-hmm. I then transitioned to sensitive crimes in terms of adult criminal prosecutions, and the victims were no less resilient. Now, when you think about a human trafficking case, sex trafficking specifically. Mm-hmm. You essentially have a victim who has been sexually assaulted over and over and over and over and over and over. And And one of the ideas that I had and and had hoped to be able to achieve in my criminal career was to, to issue a case where I was able to charge an offender with sexual assault as party to a crime because every single date, I'm using air quotes, right? that a victim survives is really a rape. That's true. And so you think about the trauma that a human trafficking victim has survived. And it is just probably the most awe-inspiring, beautiful expression of human resiliency I've ever seen. And the survivors have this uncanny ability to be able to read someone before they're even through the door. They have that ability because they've had to do it so many times with so many Johns, with so many pimps. They have to protect themselves by being able to know what you're going to do before you do it. Know your intentions, your spirit, your heart, your depth of depravity when they're alone in a room with a man who has money, and has and it has the mindset of i'm going to give you this money to do whatever i want to your body yeah and then they would have to walk out of the room with that
0: wow well having that you know you saying that them being able to read people for a victim or survivor to trust you to prosecute this case and them to testify against this trafficker They're reading you. Absolutely. They have to trust you to put themselves on the line. Absolutely. So you had a job to do to gain that trust.
1: Behind the scenes, I knew this about them. So I did a great deal of work on myself so that I could walk into a room confidently with humility. Mm -hmm. There was nothing fake, nothing artificial about me. Well, except maybe my hair and (laughs) makeup, right? Right, right. Um, My presence exuded to them Mm -hmm. was immediately... This girl's got nothing to hide, period.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, you're uh, prosecuting all these cases. I guess you learn a lot about traffickers and their tactics and how they, you know, pull in those victims. What are some of the things that they do?
1: Well, before I answer that question, I want to tell you a little bit about why I learned this. Okay. And and, and think about in a criminal trial – Essentially, for a jury to understand what happened, you have to reenact and help your witnesses relive in real time Mm -hmm. what the crimes were. And you do that in the context of proving something really interesting, which is intent. You have to prove the criminal intent of the offender. So in a sense, you have to really understand what they were doing, why they were doing it, what tactics they were using. You have to get in their mind. If you can get to that level of prosecution, it's quite a ride. But being able to bridge the gap for the jury between what they think is reality. And often a lot of us, what we think about this reality is they're just prostitutes. Yeah. They wanted to do this. It's the oldest profession, which I would say what I think about that. But one of the rules is I can't swear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You really have to get... To the heart of where these guys are coming from. Mm-hmm. And I prosecuted women for it too, so I don't mean to be sexist when I say that. And so the tactics they use are, you know, quite frankly, not all that different than the tactics people use in business every day, influencing other people, in controlling women in the context of a domestic violence relationship. It's really, it's nothing all that unique. I'll answer your question, I guess, in a sense, and tell you about a debrief I did with one of my offenders. And okay. he, he said that he had been in prison on a sexual assault of a child case. Trafficking, pimping never had occurred to him. And he met another gentleman in prison who was engaged in that life. And he told us that he read 21 Laws of Power and The Art of Seduction. And he used that every single day. These guys are so smart. You know, they are nothing short of brilliant, in my experience. They are smarter than your average person on the street. It's remarkable.
0: If only they would use those skills for legal means.
1: We would have no unemployment. We'd <laughs> probably have the cure for cancer. And I mean that in, in sincerity. Yeah. And I would, say to, I would tell judges that in sentencing. You have no idea how smart this man is sitting in front of you and what a profound waste it is for a society that he has to go to prison. Speaking of that,
0: having him in the courtroom on trial, and usually, at sentencing anyway, they usually speak. But in that whole presentation of the trial, if they get on the stand or whatever, that power of persuasion, and I guess that is really kicking in high gear for those guys to persuade the jury, the judge, that I'm just an ordinary guy. I would never do this. Mm -hmm. She's a precious angel i would never hurt her i mean i'm sure that that's being played out
1: every single time yeah and i had been in prosecution long enough i was experienced to cross-examine them and engage them and i became fairly adept at being able to stay a step or two ahead of them Mm -hmm. but they're good they're very impressive
0: wow Let's talk a little bit about the victim, but we're getting close to the break, so we're getting so close that let's just go ahead and take it. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the victims in these cases.
1: The 411 Live, your
0: link to information. And now here's your food for thought. Who's ever wanted to be a pimp? The sad truth is... Pimp is not all money and glamour, there's a cost. The cost of young men and women you steal from their homes, screaming children you take from their mothers, selling them off to go make money just so you can spend, have you no shame. They are people, people you are forcing to do as you tell them, where to go and who to lay with. As you sit and count your money, it's so sweet to you. The thought never crosses your mind, what if that was my child, my son, my daughter. You don't stop and think about them to you. They're a product, waiting to be bought and rented. You care little for them. You risk prison, risk death. Because of what? Money? You'd be killed for money. Shame, you would go to prison. Give your life away for money, not me. I'd rather give it for my family, protecting my kids from you. Who wants to be a parent? Knowing all you must give up for money, would you still say yes?
1: For more information, visit the411live.org. Parents, it's time we opened our eyes to a huge issue happening right in front of our faces here in Milwaukee. That issue is sex trafficking. We might think this would never happen to us or even our friends and family, but it's actually closer than you think. Traffickers are targeting our youth and finding people who seem vulnerable. They do this just to take the innocence they have away from them. Sex trafficking is a non-stop growing issue in Milwaukee, and that's why we need to come together and get educated about sex trafficking. Let's keep our family, friends, and youth safe in Milwaukee and open our eyes to the signs of sex trafficking. For more information, visit the411live.org. Welcome back.
0: Joining me, Jennifer Williams, former prosecutor with the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office specializing in sex trafficking cases. We were talking earlier, and we were just kind of segueing into the victims. We talked about the trafficker, how persuasive the whole bit, getting, luring the victims. In the court cases, you have to gain their trust. They've sized you up. The victim gets on the stand. What's that dynamic of them speaking with the trafficker sitting there looking at them?
1: I never approached any case with the idea that I had the ability to break down the extraordinary connection that a trafficker had developed and cultivated with a victim. And so when a victim would come into the courtroom, I knew that I needed the jury to see that. And so I often would ask a lot of questions just starting out to help a victim tell their truth. One of the first cases and probably the most impactful ones that I had was with a 14-year-old girl who had recruited another over the course of a weekend and were busted at the, the Days in on 6th Street. The pimp that was involved, the trafficker I should mm-hmm. say, had extraordinary influence over this 14-year-old girl. She was completely in love with him. I also knew based on her background from records I had access to that she had no one else in the world. Mm. She was extraordinarily vulnerable. She had an abuse and neglect history that would devastate the normal person. And somehow she had survived it. She was so smart. She was so strong. She was so funny and She had developed what I think, and I'm not a psychologist, Mm -hmm. but this kind of Stockholm syndrome relationship with him where she very much identified with him. She told me that she liked obtaining money and giving it to him so that when they were out, it looked like he had money to take care of her. She was on the stand and one of the first questions. I I knew I wasn't going to get her on my side, and that was fine. But I thought I could probably, since she was 14, get her talking long enough that she'd get tired and break her script. And so we started the whole conversation in terms of direct examination, talking about how much she loved him. And I remember asking her a question, I'll paraphrase, of, you know, how what is your relationship to this man sitting in the courtroom? And she looked at him, and she said, he's my whole world. Oh, wow. And now— she had been picked up on a CPS and living at detention so that she was brought into a courtroom at age 14 to testify for me in handcuffs and still was not willing to break that connection with him that he was her whole world. And I believe that she believed that because she had nothing. Without him, she had nothing. She had a couple of books in a jail cell at detention. She didn't have any clothes. She didn't have any family. That at least was going to take care of her. And so as we proceeded in the direct, I, I was really getting frustrated with her because she was outsmarting me. And I couldn't break her. I wasn't trying to break her, but I couldn't break her 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 party line. Right. right? And so I, I started asking her about all the dates that she had done. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking, I'm going to lose this case because she's proving – his position what he's saying right Right. that this was all her this was all her idea he didn't know he was innocent he just wanted to take care of her blah blah i asked her a question about you know what was it like to go into a room with all those adult men and have sexual intercourse with them and she looked at me and she said i carry a piece of them each one of them with me in my heart and i thought to myself and, and i know the rules no swearing right but i thought right then right and i thought i just lost I just lost this case, and I was like a deer in headlights. And for a moment, I just stopped, and I had nothing to say. I didn't know how to redirect. I had, I had nothing. She wasn't done talking.
0: OK. That and was she, just the pause.
1: She paused, and I lost my bearings. And then she, she says, this was the, probably the, the moment that I decided human trafficking was what I needed to do for the rest of my life. She says, and it's like poison inside of me. Oh, wow. 14 years old, for the rest of her life, she will carry those memories, that trauma, the injustice, the lack and loss of innocence.
0: And she's just 14.
1: Just 14. And when she said that, I knew I had won. Right. Right.
0: (laughs) You're listening to us talk about this, and I'm sure you have questions, you have concerns, you have comments. Let us know. We want to hear it because I want you to be part of this. That story is incredible. Incredible. You know, we were talking earlier before this podcast, and we were talking about the fact that sex trafficking, this is a, just an enormous industry, but you were saying that we could cut it at its knees if we would take care of one thing, and we're not talking about it, and that's the demand talk about that a little bit.
1: The statute for child trafficking allows you to issue a charge of child trafficking against anyone who obtains, transports, facilitates, harbors a child for the purpose of a commercial sex act, mm-hmm. which means that you, that anyone involved with this child engaged in commercial sex acts is guilty of that crime, whether they are the trafficker the supply or the demand side. It's probably one of the best statutes the Wisconsin legislature has ever written because it is not only specific, but it doesn't discriminate in terms of the people involved with the crime against the child. And I thought that was wonderful. So I issued that charge against a John once. And I remember being shocked at the response. I walked into a courtroom with people. Treated me like I was the crazy one. Oh, yeah. And then I realized... Because uh,
0: you had charged this person.
1: Right. And I learned later I was the first person in the state of Wisconsin to issue a child trafficking offense against a John. And I thought, that sounds insane. Because we can play a cat and mouse game or cops and robbers with traffickers as long as we want to do Mm -hmm. it. Every single one that we send to prison will have one or two more in their place. The financial incentive to be involved in trafficking is huge, and because we have gotten such low sentences, the cost is is small, and you have a lot of traffickers who come from areas where there is no there's little other opportunity, certainly not one with that return on on investment right. if we just want to talk about basic business, mm-hmm. the demand you know because it's not that hard to drive down National Avenue in the 20s and see the girls out there working, see the women, see the children, $25 to satisfy that need for sexual gratification that's completely faceless, anonymous, or go on Craigslist, it used to be Backpage, answer an ad that sells you the idea that this is something women are interested in or want to do and I'm not going to say that there aren't women who consider this a profession and are proud of their profession because I I haven't met any of them I've only met victims but the devastation to a victim engaged in this criminal conduct is nothing like I've ever seen I mean a sexual assault at one just one is it really strikes at the core of your personhood you know it's the most intimate crime you know You think about a murder or homicide. The crime scene is the room or, you know, the the street corner. Right. As a sexual assault victim, the crime scene is your body.
0: And you walk with it every day.
1: You live in the crime scene for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so the trafficking victims are just on another level. The depravity and the potential for violence and the risk – I mean, the stories they told me about things that they had experienced, it's just, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So society's attitude about the John is
0: like, men will be, boys will be boys?
1: I, I don't know, because I can't understand it. I, I think if people got serious about demand, we wouldn't have such a problem. Right. And if commercial sex weren't so cheap and easy without consequence, we wouldn't have to be talking about the traffickers, because we'd be talking about the real problem, which is that people think that it's okay to buy sex. Wow. But we're
0: not getting anywhere cutting the demand. Not right now. Do you see it happening anytime soon?
1: I don't know if the men in charge have a willingness to address this issue. Yeah. I'll be really honest. I think I can be honest. Yeah. Absolutely. But the supply is so plentiful. And the supply is easier to target. It's easier to prosecute a trafficker and focus on his misdeeds than all the faceless men who actually committed the sexual assaults.
0: Right. And that doesn't seem to get real play until, you know, there's this national, what is it, Epstein, the um, financier, you know, when those things come out and people kind of look at it and go, oh, okay, okay. But it's happening all the time. All the time. And everywhere. Mm -hmm. So will you, I know that your journey has taken you out of the prosecution realm. And now I should mention that Jennifer Williams is an attorney with Gruber Law. Congratulations on that. Thank you. But you haven't totally left this.
1: No, I haven't. I'll be teaching a class at Marquette in the Undergraduate Sociology Criminal Justice Department this spring on human trafficking in term, in a special topics course context. I'm still very much committed to raising awareness and being truthful right. about what I saw and what I think the solutions are. You know, my mother raised a girl who doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut. <laughs>
0: And that's good for us.
1: Right. To have the trust of the victims that I was able to represent in a courtroom was probably one of the greatest honors of my professional life. And when I left the district attorney's office, I didn't want to. On my last day, I couldn't see in front of me the way out to my car because I was crying so hard. Oh, wow. Because I felt so guilty that all of the experience and the passion that I had for representing sexual assault victims, and and now they weren't my clients in that sense, but representing their stories, trying to obtain some measure of justice and redress for what they had survived. You know, I was walking out of that building taking it all with me. And it's hard to get that skill and the emotional stamina to try these cases with such awful stories and so much trauma. And you know, now that I work at Gruber, I'm so proud to work there and represent injured individuals mm-hmm. who are fighting big corporations. It's the same kind of David and Goliath struggle that I really think as a person that I'm drawn to, but... You know, I'm just not willing to stay silent, especially when this whole Jeffrey Epstein case comes out, where he really is the trafficker and the John. Yeah. And has this strange entitlement to, you know, here, employee, go to a high school and bring me some girls, some teenagers. Like he's ordering lunch to be delivered to him. It's appalling. It's disturbing. And I think. That for some men in our society, it's very normal. They don't think twice about it. I hope we can change that. I hope. I hope
0: it changes. I really, really do.
1: I, you know, I think that the one place that, that, at least as women, we can change it is doing everything we can. And I'm, I'm really also very active in trying to mentor as many young women as I can that you know, if you can f- figure out how to find the confidence and the self-worth in yourself instead of in a man or a relationship or the number of Instagram likes you have, that's the key because the, the victims that I, I met, there was nothing wrong with them except that they were vulnerable in some sense. And a trafficker trafficker is, is like a shark. They can smell that blood in the water. Right. And once they smell the blood in the water, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, who your parents are, how involved they are in your life. It's over.
0: Uh, we're out of time. But when you think about what can we do, that's something we can do. We can be that influence in a young woman's life, in a young man's life as well. Starting today. Yeah, absolutely. Jennifer, thank you. You're thank welcome. you so much for joining us. It's Jennifer Williams. She's a, an attorney with Gruber Law, former um, prosecutor of sex trafficking cases with the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office, and she joined us and graced us with a wealth of information and stories and. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming.
1: Thank you, equally.
0: If you've heard something that you're really interested in, want more information on this topic, go to our website, www.the411live.org. You can also go to our Facebook page. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. What is it, I Instagram TV. And remember that we are a nonprofit organization. So if you would like to help us uh, with your donation, go to our website. We would greatly appreciate it. We think that this topic is really important and we want to tell more of them and your donation will help us to do that. There's so many things to talk about on this. And if you have a topic within the human trafficking realm that you would like to us to address, Go to our website, let us know, because we would love to hear from you. And of course, any more of your comments, we appreciate that too. So until next time, this is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. I'm Beverly Taylor.